Good afternoon. This is Rich Ness, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise, where we normally talk about embedded technology. This week and last week and in the next few weeks, we're going to do special editions of these podcasts where we talk about how people are dealing with the COVID-19 epidemic, pandemic. Um, this week or on this podcast, my guest is Anthony Ambrose, who's the president of Data.io. Anthony happens to be in what was the original epicenter in the U.S. Uh, out in Washington. Uh, good afternoon, Anthony. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Rich. Thanks very much. Um, everybody there safe and healthy and stuff? Yeah, we're actually doing very well. Uh, thanks for asking. You know, it's been an interesting uh, a few weeks, to say the least. Um, as you know, Washington State was, was sort of the epicenter in, in uh, end of February, early March. And uh, .io has been obviously uh, at the forefront of uh, trying to respond effectively uh, to the problem. We had some practice because, as you know, we have a facility in Shanghai, China. And uh, that facility stayed open as, as much as it could. Uh, it came back February 10th, which was the first possible day people could reopen in China. And so we learned a lot from that experience on what the best practices were, how to help people work remotely. Um, our policy was quickly, anyone that can work, work remotely should work remotely. And people that need to be in the factory to build things for customers obviously need to be in the factory. And we set them up to be protected by having, uh, you know, no visitors, temperature checks, people couldn't come to work if they felt sick or ran a fever, and uh, enhanced hand washing, all the things that you've read about that are best practices. We employed them in China in February, and so we were able to quickly move uh, first Monday or Tuesday in March here in Redmond, Washington, to the same procedures. Uh, and we have a pretty simple philosophy. Uh, number one, we wanted to protect our people and their families. Uh, this meant that uh, we, we didn't want to have any unnecessary chance that a virus could spread through no fault of somebody. They just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, number two, we wanted to protect our facility because Data.io is an essential supplier to critical companies in the medical markets, aerospace, and other industrial markets. And we were notified by customers that we were essential and we needed to stay open, and that's been very helpful for us. So it's important that we not only protect our people but protect our facility because if we had to go down for a week or something to uh, disinfect or whatever, that could impact uh, downstream customers. And right. then finally, the, of course, we needed to serve our customers. So by staying open, uh, we're supporting them with uh, products they need, services, repairs, consultations. And increasingly, we're seeing customers come to us with uh, retooling of their factory to support critical medical programs. And so we've actually set up a special program uh, in medical where anybody that's working on anything related to COVID-19 gets put to the front of our queue for support or production, whatever they need, at no additional charge. So we're, we're trying to help our customers that are, uh, that are doing the right thing and get them moving quickly uh, as much as we can. Absolutely. So for this discussion, um, while, while everybody's important, um, we tend to talk to the engineering community. Um, 
when you say essential people, are your engineers in the office or they work from home? Is it a hybrid? How are you handling that? Well, the, the, what we're handling is people that can work remotely should work remotely for the reasons I just described. Um, for us, it wasn't a hard decision at all because being a global company, we had put in place the tools and infrastructure to have the systems that would allow people to communicate effectively between Redmond, Washington, and our facilities in Shanghai and uh, just outside Munich, Germany. So it turns out if you've got good communication tools for multinational business, uh, you have pretty good tools already for people to do remote work. But what about so, the people who are used to being five feet away from somebody? How are they handling having to either use the phone or use some video conferencing software? Well, I think the, the people that uh, – engineering collaboration is a real big uh, part of what we do. And, you know, there's no doubt people have had to adjust – uh, their uh, workflow and work habits. So, um, for example, we've let people take some equipment home so they could be effective, uh, you know, for example, programming adapters, things like that. So their, their tools, they, they can do what they would do at their desk normally. We have office hours, so people, while they're working independently, they know when they can get together as a team and talk about some things. And so uh, that's been very helpful. Again, we, we have leaders that have experience, uh, obviously not with COVID-19, but if you take the, how do you manage effectively a global multinational engineering organization, um, a lot of those best practices carry over pretty well to working remotely. So are you learning anything from this, you know, by these new methods of interaction that you think will, you'll employ even after this is all over? I think so. I think what you're going to find is uh, working from home or working remotely will become more acceptable. Um, for example, you know, no one complains anymore when we're having a video call and, and the dog barks or uh, you know, kids show up on the video screen and say, you know, who's that mommy or who's that daddy? Um, so I, I think people are just, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, cutting each other a little more slack on things like that. You know, what we try to do is keep people focused on the things that matter. Uh, you know, delivering results for the customer is what really matters at the end of the day. Um, and it, so I think there will be some changes. I think there are going to be jobs that are just going to be more effective uh, working in an office. And a good example is if you've got a lot of equipment that's very specialized or high-priced or not easy to move to someone's home, um, you know, then, then it's obviously going to be much more efficient to, to be in the office. Um, the other on the other hand, if someone's coding or can work independently, I think you're going to see that becoming um, more and more popular as we go forward. Interesting. Okay. Well, I certainly thank you for taking the time. I know how busy everybody is these days, and it's always nice to hook up with another Jersey guy, so I, I appreciate it. Well, thanks a lot, Rich. You take care of yourself. Very good. That was Anthony Ambrose. He is the president of Data.io, and I'm Rich Nass with Open Systems Media. Anthony, you have a great day, and stay safe. Thank you, Rich.